Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to a Thousand Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I wanted to talk to you about our new sponsor, Element 26. They are an innovative company producing lots of products around the CrossFit, Strongman, powerlifting space. They have weightlifting belts. They have knee sleeves. They have thumb tape. Um, They have these cool little straps that go around the bars when you're um, trying to attach a bar to the rig and maybe using it for low bar work, like pull-ups for little kids or some modifications for like um, bar muscle-ups when you're trying to teach someone to do them. And you know how you wrap those rubber bands around the rig and the J hook to kind of keep everything straight. Well, they made straps for that. And their straps kind of like the straps you use for rings. Um, they have a really secure um, system on it and you can wrap around the bar and keep that nice and secure. I love their innovation. Their, um, their product development team is top notch and they're just coming up with really um, different ideas for our space. So check them out at element26.co. That's element26.co. And tell them Kat sent you. Great. So this is Amy Bream. Amy Bream, uh, we were first just introduced to her as we watched. We were Scott and I were both at the games this year, the CrossFit Games. And so we saw that you were competing um, in the adaptive division. And we just wanted to hear your story. We were, you know, really inspired by a lot of the videos and things that came out afterwards. And then somebody at my gym was telling me that they were cousins, you know, knew your cousin or, and so I was like, oh, this is so cool. So uh, we just wanted to kind of reach out to you and hear your story. So welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I know that, you know, just kind of reading a little bit of background about your story, that, that this was something that you were born without, that you were born without your right um, limb. Yes. Yeah. So I was born with a defect called PFFD. Uh, it's fancy terms, uh, proximal femoral focal deficiency. Basically, it just means that you are missing some extent of your femur bone. Um, for me, it's the majority. So I barely have any of my right leg and um, I have a right hip, but it's not fully developed. So it goes pretty high up. Um, okay. So I've never had surgery or an amputation. Um, as soon as it's time to learn to walk around age one, just put on a prosthesis and went from there. Yeah. So 
and you grew up in a small town I think I read in in Pennsylvania is that correct Mm -hmm. what was that yes uh so the town name is actually Boiling Springs um it's close to Carlisle um PA but basically it's south central (laughs) pardon me middle of nowhere so um it's it's great it's a super you know not like beautiful area to raise a family all of that but um it was it was smaller so I thankfully like the hospital we went to for appointments and everything was only we went to Hershey PA so it was only like 40 minutes away um so not bad but uh definitely like I didn't meet a lot of amputees I didn't meet another person with my like a birth defect in general until I was like 24 after I moved to Nashville so definitely was not in the adaptive world really at all um, sure and, and <clears throat> so did you did you play any sports or, or dabble in any of that when you were growing up okay oh my no <laughs> no I used to tell people I was like the least athletic person ever um so because honestly I, I was not athletic so um yeah, I was in music and I still love music. It's what brought me to Nashville, Music mm-hmm. City. Um, that's what I studied in college as well. And so I like I had a great supportive childhood. Family, friends was all wonderful, but I definitely avoided sports. Like gym class was like my nightmare. I tried to figure out a way to get out of it as much as possible. Um, and I never even imagined that sports would be like a possibility for me. So even when my friends would play like for fun, I would sit on the sidelines and refuse to do any of it. So really that none of that changed. Um, I barely went to a gym in public until really I moved here. So. Wow. So you did go to, you went to college for, for music, right? Mm -hmm. As you were saying. Okay. And I think I read that you played saxophone and piano. Yes. So all the things, yeah, uh, saxophone, piano, and obviously living in Nashville, like songwriting, that kind of stuff. But uh, saxophone, believe it or not, was my concentration. You don't get that often. (laughs) But yeah, I went from like playing saxophone eight hours a day to like move to Nashville and started working out. Very different. Yeah. So so tell me, I want to hear like your perspective of your confidence journey. Yeah. So, um, it definitely has been a process. I think it's easy to say like, I want more confidence. Um, but people tend to get, well, I can't speak for everyone, but it always felt kind of like this elusive thing or something that should just like happen. Um, or maybe like you had to like accomplish some great feat and none of those things were the case. So it's just very gradual process. My, um, I have three older siblings, And I remember in college at one point, my, one of my brother-in-laws, um, I, the other one was not in the picture at the time, but, um, you know, we were at the beach and he was talking to me and he just kind of called me out a little bit. And he was like, you know, when you, you barely like wear shorts or skirts or anything that shows your leg, like when you walk, you look at the grounds, you don't look boys in the eye. Like, you know, just kind of asked me about it to the very, to the point. And, um, you know, I tried the whole self-pity thing, like, well, why would I wear shorts? I'm going to look bad in them anyway. And that kind of thing. At the time I had a foam cover over my prosthesis. Okay. I just wanted to blend in as much as possible. So, um, so basically I, I, you know, I came back with that and he was not having it. So he just kind of gave me this pep talk that was like, no, he's like, that's a load of crap. 
he was like, people respond to what you put out. So like, whether it's dating or friendships or strangers, like if you are uncomfortable and self-conscious, whether or not you think you're being obvious, they recognize that and they will respond in kind. And if you don't make it a big deal, it won't be a big deal because they'll just be like, oh, she's cool and just move on. So obviously my family had already always told me that but it was the first time that someone like outside of my direct bloodline, (laughs) I was like, he he doesn't need to say this. And and it was one of the first moments that I was like, is this me? Like, am I the one holding myself back and like Mm -hmm. dating and anything to do with my legs? So, um, I moved, you know, to Nashville a couple of years later and I just started making really small decisions. Uh, again, Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything, I wasn't expecting much out of it. Um, I, one big thing that I did that was actually really small was to say positive affirmations over myself every day. So like wake up, I set an alarm every morning at six 30 and I like wrote down three direct insecurities of mine and like said the opposite, Okay. whether or not I wanted to, yeah. um, and believe it or not, like, so I, I did that. I, uh, in the same year, I went through the process of getting a new prosthesis and chose to go without the foam cover because it allowed me to be more active. I joined the boxing gym um, and it was all very gradual. And I didn't really realize that I was becoming more confident probably like a year into it or so. I got coffee with a previous coworker of mine from when I first moved to Nashville. And this was probably three years into Nashville. And she was like, I don't know what you've done this last year, but like you carry yourself completely differently than you used to. She's like, you're still you, but like you are like a different, you're a different confidence. And that's when I was like, Oh, (laughs) like, I think, okay, I think this might be working. And from there, it's just, um, you know, just gone one step at a time. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we all certainly have, you know, things in our life that are hard things and we all suffer, you know, difficult aspects in our journeys. And I love that, you know, it's just from making a decision and then making small steps that over time can lead to, this this new sense of self you know which yeah. i think is fantastic yeah so, um, Amy, so, yeah, so Amy, the, the, this is the first time i've talked to you right and you carry yourself very confidently in this conversation right you're very you're very poised um mm-hmm. with what you do and being a coach in, in your in your real mm-hmm. life um do you feel like any sense of duty to mentor people in self-confidence Um, I think it's something that I don't know about duty, but it has been a natural progression. I think more so believe it or not, Instagram has become a really wonderful source of accountability for me. I know that so often people talk about social media and they want to jump to the negatives of it. And there's are certain, there is certainly that side of it, but for me, I tend to push back on that a little bit and say, well, if you're, if you're going down a rabbit hole of self-comparison and self-destruction on social media, there are algorithms for a reason. So stop looking at the things that make you think that. So, um, and it will not pop up anymore. <laughs> um, cause that's when I got on Instagram, I started, you know, I made it a point to only look at things that like would build me up. And I found this adaptive community and, um, you know, I, I remember when I, again, after I moved here, I, I met my first ever person that had a birth defect. She's a few years older than me. And she became like a mentor to me. Um, and she's, you know, the age difference is just enough that she feels like a big sister. Um, so I, for the first time I was talking about not just like 
technical things to do with my leg, but I was just asking her how she handled life situations and meeting her and seeing the impact that that made on me and feeling that impact combined with finding this community on Instagram. I think there's just been a natural gravitation, adaptive or non-adaptive to want to like really just genuinely tell my story as much as I can in the hopes that, um, like to make others realize that they can also do it. Um, so yeah, I think that's been like a huge part of it. And I wasn't really finding Instagram. I wasn't expecting it to be such a great source of accountability because when I, I still get scared to do things like that's why I did the CrossFit open in the first place. Like I said, like I was scared to do it. I didn't even know what that meant to do a CrossFit open. And then my friends were said, well, you tell people on Instagram every day not to be afraid. So you should probably live out what you say right now. And so like, it's just, it's just the cycle of like, I'm going to live out what I say and in doing so, I hope that I can encourage other people to do the same. So. I love that, that people are calling you out and holding you accountable, which has made so much of your journey, you know, which I love that. Yeah, absolutely. The people that I work with, I work at a boxing gym here in Nashville and it's what has kept me here. I was a member long before I worked here and I just naturally just started part-time, full-time, all the things. I'm their operations director now, but um, it's what kept me here so long because the people here weren't afraid to push me and keep me accountable, which is pretty rare to find to that extent. So yeah, I love it. So it was Emily, is that your friend that you met um, that it was also um, an amputee or was it amputee? Um, uh, so her Aaron, but yes, Aaron. So, okay, yeah, Aaron. Okay. So we became no, you're good. So yeah, we became friends. Um, she actually at the time she doesn't work there anymore, but she worked for the prosthetic company of the knee that I was about to get. So I was, okay. wanted to get this new prosthesis. The prosthetist was like, "You should meet Aaron. She's great. She's also our sales rep for it, so she knows about a lot about the knee logistically. But you guys are pretty similar in personality." Um, and then we just became friends. She actually, now she's in real estate. She sold me my house. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just like been this like natural journey. Um, but it was one of the best things. So, <clears throat> so then how did you find, like, what gave you then the confidence to find the boxing and, and getting into that community? <clears throat> so that was just kind of a random, like, um, my roommate and one of my best friends, um, like her coworker knew about boxing and it's not a sparring gym. It's just, it's mm-hmm. title boxing. So it's like a workout. And she was like, Hey, like this might be fun. They have a discount going on. Do you want to try it? And she knew that I like, didn't really like working out in public mm-hmm. very much. But I think at that point I had gotten a, like a planet fitness membership. And of course nothing against planet fitness. I have a hard time self-motivating myself in those instances. Not, I did not find that experience enjoyable. Um, And so it was more out of like obligation to work out at that point. So I was like, well, I'll try it, you know, and I tend to be an all or nothing person. So I quickly discovered I like punching things, Uh, very competitive. And it was also the first workout that I like, didn't really realize like I'm working out. Like, obviously, yes, it was very tiring at the time workout I'd ever done, but it felt fun. And I was just, it was me and a bag. So I didn't feel the pressure of other people watching me because no one really is looking around or letting down a team, which is really what kept me away from sports growing up. Like, so it was just this first experience of like, I think I can like this. And then the more I got to like do it, I did it for several years. Um, then of course I like met the people that I now work with. Um, and they weren't afraid to be like, you can do this even better. You just need to get stronger. And it was the first time I think in like adaptive, 
you know, you think of adaptive athletes and sometimes there can be this idea of like, good job, you're doing it. Right. But in my mind, I'm like, it's not about participation. You can do right. it well. And sometimes right. both non-adaptive and adaptive people need to hear that. Yeah. Um, and I needed to hear, like, I needed to realize that because I always told the trainers when I started, like, I can't rotate on my punches. I definitely can't kick anything like that. And for the first time ever, like the trainers were pushing back and we're like, actually, no, you can like do this. You need to get, you gain core strength. It's going to take a lot of practice. You want to learn how to kick, like all those things. And when I started to do things that I used to call impossible, that's when I was like, I think there's just probably this whole other world that I don't realize that I could do that I was saying no to. And if I can do that, then I can probably do those things. So like, let's see what else I can try. So sure. yeah. 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 Um, and so but this is the part I think is so crazy is that you didn't even start doing CrossFit style workouts until like quarantine, right? Like what, till the lockdowns. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, my, I touched my first barbell in 2019 and I was a God awful. Like I dropped the barbell in the first class. Like I didn't know how to put clips on the bar. Like I'm not, when I say newbie, they're like bench press. I was like, what's that? Like I right. nothing. Okay. So um, it was like the newest of the new. And so I like did strength classes here and there at our gym because I was like, I know it's good for you, but I hate this because I'm bad at it. And, um, and then quarantine happened. Our gym had to shut down for two months. And so the only humans I saw, cause I had just moved into a house by myself. The only humans I saw were my two bosses and we would still work out together. And they're two males, which I say, because it was the first time that it was like, it was not CrossFit, but it was a little bit of strength conditioning combined. So it was moving bar, a barbell on a timer. Um, and I still didn't do a lot of the Olympic lifts. I did. I like, I never snatched or I didn't do that until I actually started the CrossFit stuff this past year. But, um, so that like just learning with them, it took out the comparison factor of like working out with other girls and seeing what weight I should be doing. Sure. Cause I didn't have any kind of any kind of like idea in my mind of comparison. So like my, my bosses, again, they're the ones that push me and keep me accountable. So they just put weight on a bar and they're like, do that. And I was like, like, is this heavy for me? Like what? They're like, no, just, you're going to do it. So it was just took out any other factors. And so when I did that, I realized I was like, this is actually kind of fun. Um, and then of course, by the time everyone was back in the gym, we just kept still working out together. And you know, if I, I realized that I was getting a lot stronger, um, and it just, it progressed from there. So yeah, that was 2020. And then 2021, my coach is the brother of one of my bosses. Okay. And okay. he moved here to Nashville to work with us. And, uh, he is part owner of a CrossFit gym in East Tennessee. And I knew that he was doing the open, the non-adaptive open. And at that time I actually had an adaptive athlete on Instagram reach out to me and say, you should, this is the first year CrossFit's doing an adaptive open. You should do it. Mm -hmm. and I registered not even knowing what it was. I was like, do we go somewhere? <laughs> like what is this? <laughs> $20. Okay, fine. Yeah. I was like, exactly. That's how they get yeah. you. And I yeah. was like, I can do $20. Sure. And so then I just went like my coach wasn't technically my coach at the time. We just all worked out together. So it's just mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this. I don't know what this means, but like, can you just help me and show me some of these movements? Like what's a kip, like all that good stuff, you know? Uh -huh. um, and yeah, it just went from there. So. Wow. So tell us like, what was your experience? And I guess then, because you were kind of newer to this, the CrossFit culture, I would assume. 
Yes. So what was that like kind of coming in new to Wisconsin being like, what is this whole community ask? Like what is happening here? It was, it was a lot, man. It's funny. Cause of course everyone like makes jokes about CrossFit and, you know, like the CrossFit like cult, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And it did, the games made me so appreciative because I was able to see in probably the most intense space that there ever will be of like how supportive everyone is like the fans and like the encouragement mm-hmm. was unreal. Um, so that was really cool. It's, it also was like I was very nervous and I also knew that I didn't know what I was getting into because that was my first time ever like competing in anything with my body so like I was like you know I literally had to mute everything on Instagram the couple weeks before like I'd watch the games and like you know you'd see the Coliseum and stuff and I would be like I cannot do this like I don't (laughs) even know you know it was like I'm trying to learn these movements for the first time I think I had been to a cross like the first time actually stepping into like a CrossFit gym was the Saturday before we left so like you know like like walking and I'm like because obviously we do the style workouts the movements but I'm just like oh this is okay yep we do this one right now okay you know just like following everyone so like going in that green I was like all right (laughs) (laughs) Like it was probably the most fun, stressful and emotional week of my life. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. It was, it was a lot. (laughs) So I have to ask because you don't Uh know the culture, you don't know about the games. Mm -hmm. What was it like when you walked in to check in and you get treated like a million bucks with the swag, with uh, all that stuff? (laughs) It's, it's funny you say that my coach actually had to like, cause you know, he's familiar with the CrossFit world and he literally had to be like, Amy, go take your stuff. Cause like they have, you know, you know, it's sponsored by Noble. Like they walk in, you just feel like a, you know, feel like someone famous. You walk in and they're like, your name is on everything. And someone had like told me that it would be kind of like that. And I was like, okay, like that's cute. But like what? So um, it was crazy. I definitely was like overwhelmed. I ended up, I, I found a girl there that I actually went to high school with. She like works for Noble now. So I'm like sitting, sitting there and she's like, I hear my name and I'm like, what? And I like turn around. I'm like, Shannon. And we like, <laughs> you know, it was just like this crazy experience. I was like, what's even happening? Um, and of course we go out and there's all these tables and I have this weird guilt feeling about like just taking stuff, even if it's free. And, you know, my coach was like, Amy, this is meant for you. Like, this is, this is, you know, and I think that that's where I do feel very honored because I also understand like it was an honor to go and, and to qualify. And I know that I'm able to go because like they're starting adaptive and all of these things. So it's not nor I know that it's very not normal to start CrossFit and then go to the games. Yes. So like <laughs> my, my, my coach was like, you have to understand that athletes, like it's so competitive now at like really wonderful athletes compete their whole lives and are never able to get here. Mm-hmm. So like they come and like, you have to like soak up this experience and don't, like, don't take it for granted, but also like if they offer you things, take it. <laughs> so yeah yeah, it was pretty crazy so yeah well and I know that you know we've all seen the video of the one more rep um was working on um so how did you how did you feel like after that moment like did you feel the support of the community or were you just like I am so tired (laughs) I, I did honestly it was um for lack of a way, my boss is standing out and let the time. It was probably 
I honestly, those 11 minutes were like the most emotional 11 minutes. <laughs> like I was not, I was not expecting any of it. So all week I didn't let myself really look at any TV screen because there's screens plastered, you know, you guys are there like mm-hmm. screens plastered everywhere. Um, I didn't look at any of them, even when I wasn't competing because I didn't want the idea that my face could be on it because I was so anxious all week. And so mm-hmm. I didn't even really um, recognize that. So I didn't know that my face was up there you know, like even during the 11 minutes, like, you know, like I, I wrote about it in a caption, but beforehand, like I was watching the adaptive guys compete and I knew that weight would be a PR and I was embarrassed that I couldn't do it. So I literally, I had to walk away. I was ready to throw up. I was like, I, mm-hmm. this is gonna be humiliating. I don't want to do it. Like I'm so done. Um, and I told my coach, I knew that I couldn't say I was done because that he would be furious with me. Cause he yeah. was like, you have to go till the very end. But he could tell that I was like not feeling great. So he poured like water on me. He was like, you're fine. Like deep breath, get out of your head, go out there. Just like, you're going to get it over your head. So, you know, during the actual event, the only person that I looked at was him because I was like, if I look at anywhere else, Mm -hmm. I am just lose it. Um, And I heard like people start to say my name, but I was so focused. Like, I remember the first time I got the weight above my head, the room got louder and I remember being like, was that for me or did something happen? <laughs> like, I was like, so like, I was like, what? Um, and then like, I remember, you know, in the video that someone sent me that I posted, like I, there's one point where I like actually lose it and I start crying and I was like struggling and I hear the announcer go like, Amy, don't give up. This crowd is behind you. And everyone starts like cheering and I like just lose yeah. it. Um, so yeah, I definitely felt super supported. Um, but I, I didn't know what had happened, honestly. Like I finished and I felt I was immediately, it was almost like I came to, and I was like, I think I just cried in front of a lot of people. Um, <laughs> so I like looked and like, yeah. And I, I didn't know that I was on the screen. I didn't know my coach was on the screen. Like I didn't know any of that. So I like walk out and then it like the adaptive guys were like patting me on the back. And I was like, well, that's nice. They must've watched it. And then yeah. I like talked to someone else and they're like, well, that's nice too. Thank you. You must've watched me. Like it didn't, it didn't click until I was like walking out after everything and seeing screens. And I was like, Oh, if my face was on the screen, a lot of people probably saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yeah, then it kind of turned crazy after that, but yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure just, it was just overwhelming in so many ways, just physically overwhelming. And then, yeah, just like the emotional energy and all that. Um, yes combined so So, how did your after the game oh go ahead before we move on from that right after Uh the event all the women came over and started hugging you yeah so did how surreal was that did it feel real in the moment did it feel like like an out-of-body experience what was that like yeah it was definitely everything about that was surreal like I even look back on videos now like I watched I'm like wow that all happened Um, and it was so sweet of them. Like they knew, you know, first year with CrossFit and programming, like they did a phenomenal job. I'm so glad that we were able to go. Um, but it was definitely a first year of, you could tell that the programming wasn't used to programming for above the knee prosthesis. I was the only person with that. So a lot of like the weights and the, and the things that they had can definitely get better at, but, um, like logistically speaking for me was like, on a different scale than it was for some of the other girls in the division. And, and they were really, 
good about acknowledging that. So like a lot of the times when we have weights, you know, they'd be like, yo, like you're using one knee and one leg. This is like very difficult for you to do. Like they could recognize that. And so, you know, for them to see me have, cause all week they knew that I was fighting that feeling of like, yo, like I'm in shape, but I can't do this weight. Like this is insane to, to do or whatever. Um, but anyway, but so like after it, you know, them hugging me, they were like, you needed that moment. Like you needed to believe in yourself and like, yeah. So it was definitely like, I felt so supported and loved and I still talk to them, like still good friends. I actually just had an adaptive competition last weekend and I competed with two of those girls again. It was great. So. Um, how long did it take you to recover after the games? Uh, physically not bad. Believe it or not, I worked out on Monday. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was funny. So <laughs> I say that, I mean, I finished competing against Thursday. We didn't really start training though. We probably took that whole month, like relatively easy of just doing like, just working out because it, it is like a stress relief for all of us. Like, um, at working at the gym, like as a staff, there's like four or five of us that work out and it's almost like therapy for us of just like bonding time and fun. Sure. And so, you know, probably like a couple weeks of just taking it more chill and not like training so regiment, definitely not so regimented as before. Um, I run, it was a lot harder to recover like mentally and emotionally than I anticipated. Uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but I was expecting like go, come back, good times, work. Um, but it really was as dramatic as it sounds, it was pretty life-changing for me. Um, mm -hmm. And then yeah. of course that's when things like a lot of other accounts were starting to post it and like all of those kinds of things started happening. So I think it was, it kind of threw me off guard how much I would be like, Oh, <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so yeah. So that probably took like, I feel like I'm just getting back into my rhythm um, mm -hmm. in the last month or so. So, so, so you are now featured as part of an ESPN promo for ESPNW <laughs> Yeah. Like that's got to be mind blowing. Yeah. And, and I would say, I would say that moment at the games was one of the top three moments in the entire week of the games. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I try to like, yeah, I can't really wrap my mind around that, especially as someone who legitimately used to say like, I am very unathletic. So to be even like featured on anything with ESPN was like, I mean, if you had told me that even three years ago, I would have laughed in your face. Um, so it was, it's definitely been surreal. And it's just like, my mantra has been like, take one day at a time. I don't want to change anything about who I am. So like, it's, it's also good to have the people in my corner that I do of just like, just keep doing you. Like, it doesn't matter if you have 10 followers, a hundred thousand, a million, whatever, just like do you work hard and don't worry about the rest. So, you know, that's, I don't have cable. So I've seen, I, I knew the video was coming and I, I saw, um, and people obviously have like messaged me about it and sent me videos, but, um, besides seeing it, like in the YouTube, what they sent me, I I've never seen it live. So it's just like, it's cool. I literally <laughs> see it every single morning. <laughs> just so you know. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're my face. You're like, we've seen this girl. All right. We get it. She cries. <laughs> But yeah <laughs> so what do you like to do like what's your downtime stuff you know I know that you, you seem pretty active like with hiking paddle like what mm -hmm. what kind of active recovery kind of stuff do you enjoy doing 
Um, so I, I mean, I love music. So obviously 2020 has changed us a little bit, but now music is starting to become more out. So, um, in Nashville, they have like writer's rounds and things like that. So I love to go to like concerts or, you know, things like that. We'll go to, you know, maybe a, a sports game here, like the Titans or the Predators on the weekends. Um, and I'm actually, people don't expect this. I'm pretty introverted. Um, and so, I could easily go like a whole weekend without seeing a soul and be perfectly content. Um, and so especially being in between Instagram things and a job that's very extroverted when I'm not in those spaces, I'm like, pop on a movie. I have a dog. So I'll like play with him, take him to the park. Um, and besides that, like, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty set to do my own thing um until we do something fun like concerts or friends or something like that so I'm totally the same way I'm very introverted but all jobs include speaking in front of people <laughs> so yep. I'm always like I need my downtime to read yeah to read yeah for sure yeah. Um, so tell us then a little bit now about what what are your future goals like are you going to be training to to go back to the games or what's what's your goals Yes. So I just finished, um, like I said, that adaptive competition last week. Um, so I competing is definitely a thing. Um, I qualified to go to Wadapalooza in January, so I'll be in Wadapalooza. The goal after that, of course, is to go through the open, you know, go hopefully go back to the games. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but it's been really fun. It was, it was almost as terrifying as it was, um, to, to start with the games it was like, if I could literally be trying new skills for the first time in front of the most public stage possible in this sport, then I can pretty much do whatever. <laughs> so yeah. it almost was this like, start with the hardest and then anything else. It's like, okay, well, if I can handle that pressure, then like, I don't, I'll do whatever the heck I need to in my own gym. So it's been, it's, I think it's made training less pressure and more fun for me. Um, so I'm, I'm less scared to try new skills or I, I'm just picking up on things a little bit faster. So um, definitely competing. I would love long-term to be full-time like speaking. I would love to like speak to both non-adaptive and adaptive athletes um, and to like be in that space. Um, again, like adaptive athletics is becoming in, in the functional fitness world specifically, it's starting to become more known and, you know, be allowed for other platforms and things like that. But I think there's still so much to grow, um, as far as believing the, the capability and capacity of adaptive athletes, like mm -hmm. you can, you know, they can, you know, blow some fully limbed and tacked people out of the water, you know, in certain instances. So just like, so like making adaptive athletes believe that about themselves and to get to that point and then to put it in a space, um, and allow them to showcase that in, in platforms that show more than just adaptations if that makes sense which is why yeah. I think the games was so great because it is it's going to be a little bit messy with programming there's so many logistics to figure out sure like it, kudos to CrossFit for taking it on um and it's probably going to be messy for a couple years but I don't mm -hmm. think that there's a better way to do it because you need to show it among you need to change uh, turn on the channel and to not know this is adaptive or non-adaptive we're just all competing on the same platform, just different heats. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the best way to do it. And I would rather than do it messy than not do it at all and yeah. avoid it. You know what I mean, like, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. Let's, let's try this though and, and yeah. figure out how to make it better. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I, so for a while it sounded like they weren't going to let athletes compete after the open. And I didn't know that. So I like did the open. I was like, Oh, I'm qualified. Like, let's keep going. What's next. And then, you know, I was like all through Instagram. They were like, Oh, we got an email. Like they're not having us go. And so I actually wrote a post and I don't even know if CrossFit ever saw it, but I wrote a post that was like, Hey, like, can't imagine how difficult this is, but we like, I would personally would rather go compete unfairly than not go at all and like have it be messy and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so then of course we go and then day one hits and my pride is just shattered <laughs> because <laughs> like the programming and everything. Like I remember one of the events was like rope climbs and deadlifts and I have to take my leg off the rope climb. So it was fine. I just did a legless, but like I did that. And then the deadlift was like two Oh five. And for me with my current prosthetic setup, I can't use my prosthesis. So it's like asking me to do a 400 pound deadlift. I'm like, right, yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't do that. I've never done that before. So the rest of the workout was just me trying to hit that. And I was like, so embarrassed. I was upset, whatever. And my family could tell that I had a really bad attitude after that day. Cause I did. Um, and I was mad and whatever. And my sister messaged me that night and said, like, Hey, I know that you're mad. I love you. But remember, like you said, you'd rather go compete unfairly. And like, this is bigger than you and people are watching your response and you need to like live out what you say now. And I was like, well, dang it. Isn't she right. (laughs) And it, it, it changed my whole perspective of the rest of that week and experience. And it was like the best thing that I needed to hear moving forward. Cause it really did change my mindset in a good way. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear um, your impressions of Wadapalooza, because although this is the first time the games have done adaptive, Wadapalooza has been doing adaptive for a long time and it's really yeah. run by the adaptive community. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how their programming is compared mm-hmm. to the games and maybe get yes. you a different taste. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for that. Um, you know, I, you know, the adaptive competition that I did last weekend was with those programmers and it, it was very well done. Like they're very aware of adaptations and, and things like that. So, um, I told, like, I, I think it will be a little bit different, but I told my, my coach this the other day, um, you know, there are always are going to be limitations. I, I will be, I'm the only, or I'm the only one with a prosthetic actually going to Wadapalooza in my division. So I know that puts me at a different disadvantage, and that's fine. I chose to do it. Like, that's the point of this, hopefully growing more divisions will come all of that good stuff. But I, I said, like, I hope, you know, the programming is whatever, but regardless, whatever happens, I want to know that if I lose something, it is because, um, maybe of a disadvantage, but I will be absolutely the most prepared and skills that, that I ever could be. Um, and that was like a good shift for me because there are skills that I used to say, like, I wouldn't be good at because of my leg, but I actually, the game showed me that I can do skills. I just didn't want to learn before because they're really hard, but like, like double unders for me and do with one leg, they're hard. I never really made myself get good at them, but the game showed me that I can do them. And so if they ever program double unders in a future competition, I'm going to do them and I'm going to do them a lot better than before. So like that kind of mindset is just like, it's good for me just because it's hard. Doesn't mean that, um, I can't do it. So you mentioned with your current prosthetic setup, is there, Mm -hmm. is there, did you learn that there's a better setup that you can have with your prosthesis or, um, or just as it's something you have to do? So there's different, it's a little bit of both. So every, I explained to people like any, prosthetic 
like any amputee, I guess their, their prosthetic setup is like, or their adaptation is almost like a thumbprint. It's different for every person. So um, there can be general things that we can adjust and do similarly, but um, it depends on like the length of your residual limb, which is like the length, the, the real limb that you do have that goes into the leg. Um, all of those things play a factor, like how you put it on, what the actual prosthesis is. Um, and so I'm in the process of getting a new prosthesis in um, this new year. Um, and I just got a grant approved for a lifting leg that's supposed to help me better balance between the two. So the combination of like getting a socket that helps my leg stays on through suction. So like working on improving the socket with my prosthetist to make sure that when I hinge my socket, my suction doesn't break, which is what it does now, which is why I can't deadlift using both legs well. Um, okay. But like things like that combined with getting technology that's better suited for the sport itself, I think will help me. Um, so like the lifting leg in particular is for, again, it's supposed to help you better balance your weight in between both um, both sides. And so right now, like if I squat, I pistol squat everything. I just do it with my right leg because my left leg or with my left leg, my prosthetic leg will just like break suction and it won't do anything. My leg will fall off. So, um, so using that leg, I mean, if I was able to squat with two legs instead of one, that'd be great. (laughs) So, you know, like those things will, will help me in the future for sure. Yeah. Um, Shoot, I was forgot. So I wanted to just, oh, this was what I was going to say. I remember now. Um, so I love that your whole family seems to call each other out on everything. So I, I take it you guys are all though pretty close. I mean, it sounds like that yeah. you're close enough that, so do you call them out on stuff just as much as, as they're holding you accountable? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We all have our different things, like, you know, different mm-hmm insecurities or things like that. Um, but it definitely, yes, my, (laughs) my family is really, really, really big on integrity, um, which I've always been grateful for. And I don't think I realized how much of an emphasis my family in particular placed on that until, you know, adulthood hits and you're in the real world. And, um, I, it just made me very grateful for that being instilled from a very early age. And so not that, whatever but yeah so that's been really helpful so whatever any of us do if we like we hold each other accountable to what we say we believe so do you still um partake in the affirmations daily or how is that part of of your daily life going i i do so i don't do it daily anymore but if there's something in particular that i'm struggling with i will um so like i can recognize sometimes if i get in like a bad headspace or something. And, and honestly, it was pretty hard for me, probably like a month after the games of like, just being negative and hard on myself, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I started saying like three things I was thankful for every day, like just like really small, random things. And then I would, you know, I was thankful for, and it would make me feel happy. And then I would choose one of the three things to experience that day. And so it was just like little things like that. Um, so I don't necessarily do it as like, my like phone reminders anymore, but I'm much more conscious of like how those small things really affect the big picture. So you have had a year that Disney (laughs) would write a movie about, right? (laughs) I, the big question for you is, has it, has it inspired you to come up with a song or any kind of music uh, Uh, come through? That's a great question. It, 
Not so much. I, I honestly haven't songwritten in a while, um, like a couple years. Um, so I haven't in that regard. Um, I still write a good bit. Like I, I journal and I think like, it's a goal of mine. I wrote down some goals, you know, that I want to come from this and whatever. And within the next like three years, I'd like to write a book, um, just about my personal experience, whether or not it would go anywhere and you would want to read it, whatever. But, um, it has, kept me on my like creative side as well not not so much in music but in writing for sure well I had some rapid fire questions I wanted to ask unless Scott has anything else that he want you wanted to make sure to ask Scott do you have uh just just one quick follow-up with yeah. that uh-huh. I, I when when I said song I thought more of like a musical composition like because mm. that the feeling of that like yeah and nothing nothing evokes feeling like music I'm a huge mm-hmm. music fan um, mm-hmm. we're a musical family and I just, I see some kind of symphony coming out of this that is yeah. about all of those feelings you've had throughout the year, but I'll let you yeah. go ahead and hit the rapid fire questions. <laughs> no, but yeah. That'd be great. Um, okay. So you're, you're from Pennsylvania. So I have to ask this rapid fire question, Eagles or Steelers? Eagles. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scott is from Pennsylvania and his, his wife is a big Steelers fan and my family oh, is Steelers fan. So I just, was, okay. I'm just not was, diehard, but I grew up in an Eagles family. Yeah. Um, your favorite place to go hiking. Mm. There is, I mean, there's a lot of like hiking trails around here. There's a place called Radnor Lake. Um, so I usually just do like local stuff. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would just say around here, like Bradner Lake. Do you take your um, dog with you when you go hiking? Oh yeah. 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 Oh, every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, a bucket list vacation. Mm. Greece. Ooh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Favorite mm-hmm. CrossFit movement. Mm. I love anything on, like, I love gymnastics movement. Mm -hmm. So I would say combination of pull-ups, chest-to-bar, and muscle-ups. And and toes-to-bar. I love toes-to-bar, actually. I do. Um, Ring muscle-ups or bar muscle-ups? Well, bar muscle-ups. Ring muscle-ups are still, like, pretty tricky for me right now. But they're getting there. It's just a fear thing for me for the ring muscle-ups. It's, like, Mm -hmm. fear of, like, throwing myself and then not having my shoulders where they need to be. But, um. They're coming. They're coming. Yeah. Um, okay. Then favorite CrossFit workout. Mm. I'm really bad at knowing the benchmark names. Um, so like, oh, we did one yesterday. We did a version of Karen yesterday and Karen wasn't nice. We, we added some things to it as well, but that was awful. Um, I would say, I mean, any, any CrossFit workout that combines, um, burpees, like my, my favorite, um, workout that we did the competition last week was, um, I guess it was ground to shoulder, like Mm -hmm. some, some type of a similar snatch movement. Usually for me, it's, it's easier with dumbbells, um, burpees and ski erg, I would say I love burpees. So if there's, if there's not very many people I know that say that. Oh, I love burpee. Like, I mean, obviously they're awful, but like yeah. I, I'm good at burpee. Like, so burpee bar over, like you have that with some gymnastics 
and some dumbbell snatches, I'm good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And then I, well, the last thing, I think you've kind of already answered it, but with, if I, I wrote a journal or affirmation, like which, which is your daily Mm -hmm. thing or which, which one do you prefer? Prefer? Honestly, a little bit of both. I would say affirmations I find easier to do on a regular basis, but I, I do both. And I usually coincide them a little bit too, because when I journal, I usually write some affirmations. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think the one question we missed was what kind of dog do you have? Oh, best question. Uh, so he is a mix. He's a German shepherd Pitbull blue healer mix. Ooh. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I adopted him when he was a puppy. So he's like 65, 75 pounds, um, 65, 70 pounds, uh, just a whole lot of love, um, like loves people. If someone broke into my house, he would probably welcome them with open palms. (laughs) (laughs) Like he just, he loves people. Um, but yeah, he, he's the sweetest. So Well, thank you so much, Amy, for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, We're so excited to continue to watch your journey um, and to to continue to watch this unfold. And just to make sure all of our listeners know that they can follow you on Instagram at one leg to stand on. Yes. All just written out one leg to stand on. Great. Well, thank you so much. This is awesome, Amy. And uh, I'll be at Wadapalooza, so I will be rooting you on. Awesome. Well, maybe I'll meet you there, Scott. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for your time. You're welcome. Take care, Amy. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.